Meeting with God is the most important thing we can do in our Christian life. So I'm just going to break this up into seven different areas because we're, um, we're looking at seven different weeks. And I want to encourage you to come to every single week as we look through these dynamics. And uh, we're going to do meet with God in solitude. That is what we're going to talk about t- today. Meet with God by yourself. I tell you that we do come to church and all this stuff takes place. But really all this stuff that doesn't that we come to church for will never even come alive to the extent it can come alive unless you're meeting with God and nobody else knows about it. Because you're by yourself. That's when coming to church is always just like, yes, this is good. Because I'm meeting with God in solitude. The other uh, works we're looking at is meet with God through scripture. Um, we'll just um, tell you how to approach scripture, how to look at scripture to meet with God, not to meet with, to find out what to do in those things. There's just going to be a focus on that. Uh, meet with God through prayer. Um, you're going to get a massive amount of material, just to let you know. It's going to come your way. Um, I have a prayer journal. I think it's up to about 50 pages of prayer journal. And, um, and we're gonna, I'm going to hand all that to you guys. You can all have it and take it. And just as a point of when I meet with God in solitude, what I'm doing um, when I meet with God. So you're going to get that uh, prayer journal and those things. A lot of stuff is going to come your way. Meet with God through meditation. Meet with God through worship. Meet with God through the church. Meet with God through trials. And meet with God after sin. <laughs> we sin. I, I, didn't know how to, I didn't know how to say this because we sin every single day. But sometimes sin takes place. It's like... Oh, what do I do? And then the sin comes up again. And then, you see, and then all of a sudden the sin is just attacking us. And the sin is attacking us. Guilt is attacking us. And all of a sudden we're paralyzed. And what are we doing after we're paralyzed? Uh, there's two different ways you do it. Is that you behave the way Judas behave. You take a rope around your neck. You go hang yourself. I'm sorry. That sounds sick and disgusting. Because he did something horrible. Or you do it the way Peter does it. Breaks down to the bottom of the ground and say, God have mercy on me. And then what happens is salvation comes. So it teaches us how to meet with God um, in sin. And we'll, look, we'll be um, going in detail there. But, so just to look at this meeting with God in solitude, um, just at the top, just kind of the basic pieces. Um, what great champions for the kingdom had. I'm sorry, I'm going to get my glasses. I can't even see what I wrote down here. I have 20-20 vision. As long as it's a distance. <laughs> people, people go, are these bifocals? Yeah, they're bifocals with 20-20 vision so I can look out and see everybody. It shows me nothing. But then I look at something and everything's like blurry. I'm like, what does, it, what does it say? What great champions for the kingdom had in common? That's what it says. Should have had it memorized. I'm sorry about that. But what did they have in common? Number one, they met with God in solitude. They met with God in solitude. And when you look at this solitude, it's, it's not met with God in a congregation. Yes, they did that. Not met with God in serving. Yeah, they did that. Met with God by themselves. Let's look at some passages. Exodus 33, 7 says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone who inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. If you look at this, pitched it outside the camp... There is a place where he meets. And then that place has an object there. This is the tent of meeting. <laughs> I mean, the, this guy's, this guy's thinking. We're meeting with God on this place and we're calling it the place of meeting. Wasn't God everywhere? Why can't you just meet with God when you drive down the road? That is correct. But this one solitude, specific, 
place is what Moses did. Psalms 5, 3. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. You look at this, there's a time. A time that you meet with God. This is David speaking. David's speaking again. In the morning, my prayer comes uh, comes before you. Again, we have a time in the morning that is already scheduled, that is there. Psalms 143. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning. Again, we have a, a time, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk. Teach me the way I should walk in the morning when I meet with you. You see a purpose inside. Of, I'm going to meet with you in the morning, and I want you to teach me the way I should walk. That's what that verse is saying. For to you I lift up my soul. I'm going to lift up my soul in the morning. I want you to teach me the way to walk in the morning as I meet with you. Who's he talking to? He's he's making a whole system that is put there to say, this is my time, this is my place, this is my area, and this is my goal when I sit down. Daniel 6, 10, lots of descriptive words. Daniel went went home to his upstairs room where the windows were opened towards Jerusalem Three times he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to who? God, just as he had done before. Just in this one verse, Daniel has a place, has a schedule, he has a time, he has a posture. I get down on my knees. This is, this is my time. I get down on my knees and this is my posture. And he even has an outline. What do I do there? I give what? Thanks. I can just go off on this word thanks because if you ever get alone with God and you give him thanks, um, it's probably the most powerful thing that could take place. I mean, if you look at the temple when Solomon built the temple, they were sitting there and they were doing sacrifices and sacrifices and sacrifices because the Shekinah glory was supposed to enter the temple and the Shekinah glory was not showing up with all the sacrifices and all the services and all the gatherings. And then all of a sudden it says, and they gave thanks. And then what happened? <laughs> the Shekinah glory just showered the temple. You're going to thank me? Look out. I'm coming. So you look at this, this verse that, that Daniel did three times a day. I have this time. I have this place. I'm sitting here. I'm giving you thanks. And if you look all the way through the scripture, what's God doing? <laughs> oh, God is just dumping it all with Daniel sitting there. Luke five sixteen, Jesus talking, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. <laughs> I mean, that guy had a, his schedule had to been crazy. You know, whenever I get tired of being a pastor, <laughs> I just think of Jesus. <laughs> you know, the guy couldn't get the guy couldn't get away. You know, it's not like you come to church to go to work. It's like you're church and you walk and everybody follows you. <laughs> you know, and, and and people always want to talk to you and and you want want to be healed and he want, everybody wants everything from him, but he still found time to get away. When did he find time to get away? The time when everybody's asleep. Stop bucking them. Well, when are you supposed to sleep, Jesus? It doesn't matter right now. I gotta get away. I gotta have my my time where there's nobody else except me and God. Matthew fourteen twenty three. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray, and he and when it was evening, he was there alone. Evening, everybody's settling down. Got to go alone. Early in the morning, everybody's sleeping. Since everybody's sleeping, I got to wake up because it's the only time I can find solitude. 
while it was still dark. Since it's dark, nobody's walking around. It's not like in the United States in 2023. There's electricity everywhere. It's black. Everybody's frozen. Nobody's around. I could sleep. But I'm going to get up. <laughs> because I know how important it is. And I'm going to go to a secluded place. While it's still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house where everybody's sleeping. And went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Uh, What happened there? We don't know, but I would say everything happened there. Because he came in the strength of his father. How do you get the strength of your father? You don't get the strength of your father by working with crowds and, and doing ministry. That's not where you get the strength of your father. You get the strength of your father actually in in solitude. And this is what Jesus was doing. Matthew ten twenty seven. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What I hear whispered in the ear, proclaim upon the mountaintops. What does that verse say? You say, get alone, get in the dark, and guess what's going to take place? Oh, look out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to communicate to you. We'll ask questions. Well, how does he do it? We'll answer those questions in regards to how he does it as we continue to go through the class. But he wants to say something. According to that passage, the big things he wants to say is when nobody is paying attention and when nobody is watching you. If you look at all the champions that are taking place throughout Scripture, everyone had the practice. I get alone with God where nobody sees me, nobody pays attention to me, it's just me and God, and God builds us where? Builds us, according to Thomas Watson, he builds us in the closet. He makes us in the closet. He doesn't make us out here. He doesn't make me up here. He makes us in the closet. I just want to break uh, this um, up, and, and I'll go a little bit quicker. Uh, break it up in three different sections. How do you meet with God would be the question. Um, what your father gives you when you meet with him. And then number three, setting yourself up to meet with God. So how do we meet with God? I just want to look at this one verse. It's a, a powerful passage in Matthew. And it's Matthew 6, 6. And it says this. And I just want to break this verse up to see what's taking place. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees you sees in the secret place, will reward you openly. I just want to break this passage down, and what are the commands in it? Number two in our notes, pray. When you pray. If you're going to meet with God, you got to know the word prayer. But you also got to know the beauty of the word prayer. Prayer, you know, you come up with many different explanations. My explanation is you take heaven and you bring it down to earth. (laughs) You grab a hold of heaven and you say, I want to know what is in your mind. I want to know what is in your heart. I want to know what is in your will. I want to know what is in your thoughts. I want to know your behavior. I want to know actions. I want to know you, God. It's concept of prayer. Look at this quote from Charles Spurgeon. To pray is to mount on eagle's wings above the clouds and get into the clear heaven where God dwells. To pray is to enter the treasure storehouse of God to enrich oneself 
out of an exhaustive, exhaustible storehouse, inexhaustible storehouse. To pray is to grasp heaven in one's arm, to, pray, to embrace the deity within one's soul, and to feel one's body made a temple of the Holy Ghost. That's a person who spent a lot of time in prayer. Now I want to go, okay, I got to pray. And, you know, and when you don't really pray to God, you know, there's just not much thickness that really happens. But when you have this concept of prayer, all of a sudden it can get enjoyable. You're not alone. You're not wasting time. You're getting heaven. I mean, what I mean by getting heaven is you're getting God. Because if you look at the concept of heaven, it's not mansions. That's not why you go to heaven. I can't wait to get mansions. I can't wait to walk on streets of gold. That's not, that's not, that's not heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is, I guess, God face to face. That's heaven. And the comment of, if I go to heaven with all the mansions and all the gold and all the glory and all the, all the, the money and all the wealth, and God's not there, then it is hell. But if I go to hell with all the fire and everything, but God is there, then it is heaven. <laughs> because wherever God's at is where you get everything you need. That's why Paul was just like living in hell here on earth. But he's the happiest guy on earth. <laughs> he's like, I got God. You know, that's, that's what Christianity is. I have, I have God. It's like, you know, I'm not serving because I have to. I'm not serving because I'm supposed to. I, I, I have God. Therefore, it's just driving me. It's sending me. It's, it's moving me. It's, it's making me. And so prayer is not just something, okay, I just got to do it to check off the box. I got to do it to, I want to know more about God. I want to understand God more. I want to walk with God. I want to do it so when I walk out the day, all of a sudden, boom, I'm just saying prayer because I always want to say prayer. You know, prayer is a different concept. We're going to go much more into prayer um, when we go through meeting with God in prayer. But the next piece of that verse, it says, go into the inner room. Go into the inner room. Now, when you're looking at the, um, the inner room, the inner room um, is, is the central room inside the house back in these days that was more like a closet. Go to where you store everything. And, and, and nobody goes there because it's, it's the dark room. You know, it's like you open up the room, you get your stuff, you close it again, and then you, you, then you do your, your daily living. The inner room is nobody really goes there. But go into your inner room is where I want you to go. What happens if you go into your inner room? You're making an appointment with somebody. Now, when I have an appointment with somebody, nobody else comes in. I mean, if I'm in my office and I'm meeting with somebody, nobody else comes in. Why? Because I'm making that appointment with somebody. This is my scheduled time to meet with you. This concept right here is schedule appointment. This is one thing we don't do. We don't schedule an appointment with God. And when you meet with God, you're not meeting with anyone else. This is what the inner room is talking about. Going to the inner room where nobody sees you, nobody sees you or doing anything, but you're having an appointment. Your appointment is with God. Go into your inner room. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then approach the throne room of grace with confidence. You're going into a spot, which is the throne room of grace. Go into it with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We are a people that what? Need people. We need need a thousand things. Go into the throne room of grace and you will find mercy. What is mercy? 
Oh, for all of us to live a guiltless life. For all of us to look past or not look look at our past and, and be able to smile and say, Yeah, it was crazy, but it's all right. No, we look at our past and we're like, Oh, I wish I could get rid of that. We sin consistently in the day and we think, I'm messing this up, I'm messing this up. We look at our bodies and, and we have this shame like, oh, I just wish I was, I wish I was more beautiful or I wish I was stronger. I look at my mind, I wish I was smarter. We just live this guiltless life. Go into your inner room and receive this mercy. God is yours at the throne room of grace. In fact, in this throne room, everything you need is, is there. Just to be honest with you, it's not in church. I mean, church is to do what? Is to get you to meet with God. Church is to give you this awesome gospel to say, he is alive. He is not dead. Do you know him? If you do, get to know him more. Well, yeah, you can come once a week to get to know him more, but you're not going to have a... If I met with my wife once a week, we wouldn't have a very good relationship. But if I meet with my wife consistently throughout the day, have time where we talk and we meet. That's where the power comes. That's what he's talking about. Go into the inner room. Go to your grace room. Everything's there. Everything you need. You have mercy, you have grace, and you have help according to this. Everything you need is in the inner room. (laughs) It's all in the solitude. Timmy Lee, secret prayer is the invisible flight of the soul into the bosom of the Father. It's the bosom of God. The next piece in that verse is shut the door. Shut the door. And when you look at shut the door, you're physically shutting the door, but I would tell you it goes beyond something else, is shut your mind. <laughs> what happens is you have situations, you have circumstances, and when you go into this inner room, shut the door, shut the mind to the world that is out there. That's what prayer is. Shut the door, shut your mind, and get focused on the Almighty that is meeting with you. Shut the door, shut the mind, and get focused on the Almighty that is meeting with you. This is where the power is at. This is where the strength is at. Matthew 6, 6, shut the door. Andrew Murray says, dwell much in the inner chamber with the Lord, with the door shut. Shut it from men. Shut it up with God. It is there that the Father waits for you. It is there where Jesus will teach you to pray, to be alone in secret with the Father. This be your highest joy. It is there where your Father meets you. Number five, pray to the Father, knowing that he is waiting for you. So you have, you know, prayer in the morning, you have prayer in the schedule, you have prayer in the spot, you know, that's what this verse is, is talking us to do. But then you look at this passage, it says 6-6, six, six, pray to your father who is in the secret place. What does that mean? That means he's already there and you're not. <laughs> if, you, if you go to the secret place, you will find him there. But if you're not in the secret place, if you're not going to go to him in that secret place, then you're not going to find him. Now, this is really weighs on me. And the reason why it weighs on me is because I, I look at the concepts of pray in the morning, pray in the morning, pray in the morning, you know, um, and I do, you know, five o'clock in the morning, that's my time. That's my time of prayer. But sometimes 
it's 5.05, it's 5.10. Sometimes I, I stayed a little later last night, so it moves into 5.30. And okay, it moves into 6. You know, it's Saturday, everybody else is asleep. I got to preach tonight, I might need more rest. You know, it moves to 6.30. You know, maybe 7, I can meet with them. And then I start meeting with them, and then the traffic starts going. This is what demands me to get out of bed. I'll sit there and I will lay in bed and say, God is in my front room right now, and he's waiting for me to get out of bed. <laughs> And I can make the decision to get up, or I can make the decision to sit in bed. Do I do it all the time? No. (laughs) I fail all the time, but I hate that thought. He's waiting for me to show up. And he's already there. All I need to do is, is get there. Breaking into the next part. If you do this, what does the Father give you when you meet with him? Because if you meet with God in solitude, this passage tells you what the Father is going to give you. What is it that the Father is going to give you? Matthew 6, 6, it says, your Father who sees. Your Father who what? Sees. Observes. Watches. Knows. Father when he sees it, what's going to happen to him? You see the emotions. There's appreciation. He's moved by. He's excited for. You don't just see and go, oh, great, he got up out of bed. Oh, now i got to go meet with him. No. When he says he sees, there's an emotional movement that is going with the Father. Thank you, Mike, for being there. You won't be ignored. Yeah. Thank you, Garner, for being there. You won't be ignored. Thank you for being there. You're not going to be ignored. It says that he sees. The next thing he says in the verse is, the Father rewards. If you're there alone, Matthew 6 says, God will reward you. What does the word reward mean? Reward means, re means do it again. You know, rebalance, you know, you're, you're doing it again. Re, um, you know, just that, that, that concept. Ward means to give. So what does it mean? Do it again, do it again, do it again. Do what again? Give again, 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 give again. It means given abundantly. That's what reward means. Reward means I won't. I'll just keep showering and on top of you. Give it again and give it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. You're going to get it for what you did. Now, we don't get the full extent of that. You know, we will do something in school, and then all of a sudden, after we do something in school, you will receive a reward. That means one. The word reward means a give, 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 what? You look at the, the Hebrew word, means this in the different concepts. To give away for one's own profit, what is one's own? To give, to pay, to give, to render, to reward. You're going to get give, 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 reward, reward, reward is going to come your way. Well, what are you going to get when you stand in the, by God, with God alone? Private prayer is the key that opens the mystery of God's mind. You're going to get his mind, you're going to get his mind, you're going to get his mind, you're going to get his mind. You're going to get his heart, 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 you're going to get his will, you're going to get his will, you're going to get his love, you're going to get his love. You're going to get everything you're looking for as a human being because God wants to give it to you. You're going to get his what? Hand, you're going to get his hand, you're going to get his hand, you're going to get his hand. Every time you meet there, it's like you're going to give, 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 give. It's going to come 
your way. Everything we desire is right there, according to this passage, in solitude. Thomas Watson says, when you shut yourself in with no one but God, and when God and your soul are alone, with this key you open the chambers of paradise and enter into the closet of divine love. Number eight, the Father's reward will be noticeable. It's interesting in the passage, Matthew 6, 6. He will reward you openly. What is that? What does that mean? Just give a Bible word. It means that uh, you'll be showered with reward so much that it's going to change you. <laughs> you'll be showered so much with reward that it's going to move you. You're going to be showered so much. I'm going to give, 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 that it's going to send you. You know, when you look at this concept of the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is not something you do. You don't have love, joy, peace, patience. You don't say, I'm going to love. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have patience. That is not something you do. The fruit of the Spirit is what? It's something that comes out of you. <laughs> it's something that you cannot control. It's an emotion that, that springs from within. Because you can't go, I am going to have peace. Therefore, I will. It doesn't happen. Have you ever tried that? And has it ever worked? No, there needs to be a result of something so you can have peace. So what do you do? You go to the inner place and you give, 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 and all of a sudden the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, comes out as a result of what? Reward. Give, 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 give. In, where? In that quiet room. That's where you can find peace. That's where you can find rest. That's where you find strength. That's where you find everything. Is there where he makes us. He rewards us openly because what? Hey, I've been made by the Father. What does it mean by made by the Father? The whole world is crushing down, but I'm all right. Why? Because I'm meeting him in the inner place and you won't believe what I found. I found security. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, but that's Christianity. It's there where he forms you. It's like, why are you so excited about everybody knowing Jesus is the Lord and Savior? Why are you telling the gospel so much? Well, I meet in this inner place, and, and, and boy, I see what this gospel has done for me and what it does for me. It's like, how can I not tell them? Well, some things are happening when you are alone. It's where he builds you. It's where he transforms you. It's where he speaks to you. It's all in this inner place. We show up to church, and yes, you're going to get it. But it's only once a week. Time in solitude is where you got to go. You get it at church. But there's a lot of distractions. It's a time in solitude where you get the massive amount that's going to come down. So just the, the end challenge to get just kind of very clear what we're looking like to summarize everything. Set yourself up to meet with God. How do you do that? Uh, these are just, just forms. Rise early. Now, some people don't say, I want to rise early. That's all right. The Bible says rise early, rise early, rise early. All the way through the book of Psalms, it also says before in the evening. And, you know, Daniel said in the afternoon, you know, I pray to pray. But, but rise early is, um, is what I've gravitated towards. And the reason why I gravitate towards to it is because as soon as I get my day going, there is no solitude. There is no getting away. I even will close my door in my office and in my office, I'll go, I'm going to meet with you in solitude. And then look across my desk if everything needs to be done. And all of a sudden, a sermon will start going to my head. And then I'll start migrating to my computer. Then I'll start working on my computer. I'm not meeting with God. I'm working on my computer. 
I'm planning the sermon. That's just, just me and him. So rise early. Always awake. Grab a cup of coffee. It's required. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not required. It should be required. Oh, there's nothing better than a cup of coffee. You know, I'm addicted to coffee. And you know what? I don't even try to get off the addiction. Sorry. I'm it. I want it. Everything. And me, God, and coffee. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a beautiful combination. But it's time. Rise early. Have that time. Pick a time. You have to pick a time. You can't do, all right, I think I'll do it in the morning. No, you have to actually pick a time. Because remember, he's waiting for you. And if you put it into bold print, he's waiting for you at this time. Yeah, he's waiting for you an hour earlier too, but we get messed up with that. But pick a time. Five o'clock, that's my time. My alarm clock goes off. Five o'clock, God's meeting with me. I'm going to go and I'm going to meet with him. What it's doing is saying, I am prioritizing myself for this meeting that I'm having with just one person, with God. Pick a time. Pick a place. I'm sorry, I don't go into the inner room. I sit in my comfortable chair. And I got a window right in front. And it's dark in the morning. But it's still, look out that dark window. And I got my lamp. I got my, and I got it right here. And I, that's my spot. You know, I, I can't, you know, go somewhere else. No, this is where my meeting is at. It's my spot. My time. My appointment. That's what's taking place. Shut the door, which means no one else is around. And then the last one would be pick a system. What I mean by pick a system is, is what are you going to do during this um, time? Um, you're going to get my system um, throughout this class. So you'll get more and more of my system uh, coming throughout this class. So this is what I do during my time. But find a system that is going to work. Um, and it's going to be strong and powerful. Um, Journal reading, um, you're going to see that I do a lot of journal reading. Do you journal write? I do journal write, but I actually don't journal write in my pick and my time and my meeting with God. Maybe I should journal write, but I don't. Why? Because I, get so, I, I got so much other stuff that I do instead. But maybe your journal writing would be good. I'd just do some journal reading. Uh, journal writing is another thing you could do. Um, you could do heavy reading. Uh, there was one time uh, I read lots of the Bible. Um, I read um, the New Testament uh, once a month, and I did that for about six years. And I read the Old Testament, you know, as once a year. And then I read, you know, the um, Psalms and, and uh, um, Psalms and, uh, and Proverbs um, periodically. Uh, not periodically. It was, in, it was inside of a system. It was four times a year, Psalms, and I read Proverbs 12 times a year. And New Testament 12 times a year. And I did that for six years. It was too much. I was waking up and I was, oh, I, 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 I got to get through it. So I I cut it. I, I read, right now I read nine chapters. That's it. You know, and, and I slow down because I have a scheduled time of when I'm going to be done, you know. But whatever works for you. You know, my wife, she'll, she'll read one chapter. Three chapters, she'll read her devotional, and, and then she's just working through that because that's all she wants. Pick a time. Uh, or, or, or pick a um, pick a system. Read heavy, read light, write, uh, light, read slow, um, memorize, meditate. You can use devotionals. You can use Bible studies. Um, when I was getting called into ministry, I mean, uh, you know, I, I had the Bible, and yes, God speaks through the Bible. Do you know what I was reading all the way through? I was reading a commentary. You know, 
I have this commentary because I have to learn how to preach. So I got this commentary, and as I'm reading this commentary, it's it's describing all these things of the Bible, and I'll tell you that that I, God spoke so powerfully through the commentary and the locations of the Bible. It's like, yeah, this is mine, and I always write it all, write it up, and those kind of things. But uh, go in there with a the system. This is what I do, and this is how long I'm going to do it. You know, don't start off and say, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, like uh, one hour. If you don't have a system, you can't do it for one hour. The reason why is because I can't pray for 10 minutes without my mind wandering unless I got this system of prayer and what I go through. And then all of a sudden, two hours pass, and I'm like, I haven't even got to my Bible yet. You know, just, I mean, just that's where life comes in regards to working off of our system. So, um, meet with God in solitude. That is the challenge, and then we'll continue to work, continue to work through it. Um, does anybody have any questions? Now, this could be a time that you could ask any questions you ever want as well, just to let you guys know. So, in other words, questions about the church, questions about anything. But uh, we will open it up. I don't think I'll, I'm not going to go the distance all the way through. But if you guys have, do have questions, I'd, I'd love to. Or questions about me, questions about the family, questions about any, anything you want. It's fine with me. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Now, okay. Um, you said that as soon as you wake up is when you do your quiet time. Yes. You see, usually when I wake up, I I read my Bible first, and then I pray. Right now, I'm kind of stuck in my private place. Right now is my bed because I can't get around by myself right now with this boot. Yeah. And when I say quiet time, I don't say prayer. Uh-huh. I, my quiet time is my time with God. Mm. So it is my reading of the Bible. It is my prayer. It is my mix. It is my meditation. It is my time. God, I'm talking to you and you alone mm-hmm. with the different methods that are there. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. When I, thank you for bringing that up. It's not like I pray, that's my quiet time, now I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. I used to pray through the word. In other words, I'd go slow and I'd read the word and then I'd just break out my prayer, you know, through the word because God's teaching you through it. Read a little bit more and just keep on praying in those things. So you just go through a different, a different system. But that quiet time means I have an appointment with God and whatever that is. So thanks for bringing that up. And, uh, the other piece, and, and, and I might end up changing my quiet time. You might, I mean, this is going to be, you know, transformational. We'll see if this changes because, you know, usually I wake up and I do that. I do that first. Um, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm exercising, but I'm getting old exercising. And, and you know, I've been lifting weights and my elbows are like, oh, they're just hurting and aching. And, you know, I'm going down to the gym and I'm trying to walk down that stair thing and it's exhausting and and I really like being outside. So like in the summer, I just like to, I just like to walk, you know, in other words, go for a walk. That sounds really weak. I used to jog. Now my knees are all messed up. I, I go for a walk and I got a five, five and a half mile loop. Um, I'm thinking about waking up at five, going for a walk and then coming back and doing my quiet time. So, you know, just whatever works for you. 
So um, we're talking about solitude with God. A lot of times silence goes along with that. But uh, so as we pray and we read our Bible, uh, listening is an important part of that, right? Um, I would say listening is an important part of that. Let me see how I'm going to phrase this. Um, Listening is an important part of that. And it depends on who you are um, in those things. But I had a conversation with... um, Somebody is kind of more towards the charismatic, the charismatic piece of it, and uh, the conversation. And we're going to talk about this on meditation. So I'm going to. So that's where we're going to we're going to really dig dig highly into it. Um, what is meditation? And um, there's two different kinds of meditation. There is the emptying of your mind, so you can hear, or it is the filling of the mind, so you can understand. So you look at biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is the cramming of the mind. God, 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 the gospel, the beauty, the grace, the mercy. It's just like shoving this mind full. And then after the mind gets full, that, I mean, that's the way I think of meditation, then, then it's truth that is just like resonating in my mind. So that's the way I meditate. My concern is if you empty your mind, what's going to come in? You know, usually me. And it comes in, and then all of a sudden I start to think, I don't like me coming up. I just want you to know that. I mean, when I don't have anything there, and all of a sudden I, I start coming up, um, and I'm not, you know, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it looks ugly. But if I shove my mind full of the gospel, then I'm actually, I'm actually okay. So there's a, a piece, and we're going to talk a lot about this with meditation, but there's, there's a piece that um, when you're silent, what are you waiting to hear? And Ephesians, when I preach the book of Ephesians, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms, past tense, meaning I already have everything I need. And then it gives to the blessings. You've been redeemed. You've been. Uh, you've been. Um, you've been chosen. You know. You've been sealed. You get all these lists of these blessings. And this is Paul. He's like, I've got it all. You know. And he wasn't looking for anything. He actually just had it all. <laughs> and the reason why is because he had the gospel. And the gospel was unfolded in the Bible. And all of a sudden, like, yes, 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 yes. I got it all. And then it drove him. It sent him. It made him. And so, if we do listen. Are we looking for something new or are we looking for what we have and what we have, we just don't realize sometimes. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm weak. I actually need to look at the word and say, I have the gospel. I have Jesus. I have strength. I have power. I have heaven. I have love. I have mercy. I have. I have. That's all the Bible says. I have. I have. I have. I have. have, But I don't believe it. So I have to go to the word to get more and more and more and more. But yes. Well, I think that uh, the listening does come back in the form of the word of God, but very specifically maybe for what you need at that time. Yeah. I wouldn't say looking for something new. Yes. It is what we have, but there's so much of the word of God that, you know, it'll come back to us. I think yeah. in journaling a lot of times as I write things out, then um, I continue to write, and what comes back to me will be specific mm-hmm. scriptures. But if we're having a communion time with God, um, we speak with him. He listens to us. Um, he speaks to us, yeah. and then we listen to him. That's how communication yeah. happens. And I think that's that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. And and I think I move more towards the word meditation. 
um, than listening. But no, you need to you need to listen. Um, writing demands you listen because you have to format everything that's in your mind to put it down. So if you read and then you write, you, you got to figure you got to figure thing figure things out too. Um, or if you're sol- uh, silent, I can't do silence very long. That's just me. I'm sorry um, because I. That's where I get lost. I mean, that's where I, I get sidetracked. Um, that's where my mind, my mind. Some people might be geared differently, and they can do silence, um, silence a long time. Um, um, and and just I would just you know, um, silence is is good. Silence is healthy. Um, we're um, um, yeah in prayer. I'd say that's good. Listening, uh, listening. I said silence and listening is good. Listen to what he has to say because he wants to what? Say something. <laughs> he does. You're not going to go out empty-handed. You're just, you're just not. In fact, you won't go out empty-handed every morning. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think you will. I don't think you'll go out empty-handed every morning, any morning. Every morning if you come and say, I have expectation. I will meet with you and I want you to meet with me. And you do it, you're not going to walk out of there empty-handed. Thank you, thank you. All right, thank you guys for coming. So it's actually turned out to be a a pretty good group, so it worked out well. So thanks for coming. See you next week.